0: Aurora's eyes felt heavy, how long had they been shut for? She attempted to muster enough strength to slowly blink and she was able to see an ominous green glow in her peripheral vision. She continued to open and close her eyes sluggishly, and the more she did so, the blur of her vision became clearer and clearer. Her body was an anchor. She felt constrained to the bed she had been laying on for who knows how long. Aurora felt dazed, confused, but increasingly became alarmed by her situation. With all her power, she leant her head and looked in the direction of the fading glow. Her heart dropped. She began to quiver with fear as she saw the back of her wicked mother Maleficent, twirling her wrist calmly as if she was impressed with what she had done. What she had done became clear to Aurora when her view went lower and saw the body of a corpse in a frayed blue dress. Something that was clearly once beautiful, with feet boasting several deep ghastly cuts, dripping blood, and creating a trail behind it as the corpse was levitating on a flurry of magic, following Maleficent's twirling hand as she exited the room, the door closing behind them. Aurora's breathing became erratic, her chest rising and falling rapidly. She felt as though she couldn't breathe as panic set into her body. There were so many questions swirling through her mind at such a quick speed that she couldn't bear it. Aurora writhed in the bed as she began to regain control of her body. Her hands awakened as they began to clasp the sheets of the bed and the fabric of her dress. Her legs began to kick and squirm whilst her neck strained to support her head. She pushed back the pain she was feeling. Desperation allowed her to continue. It felt as though her body had not moved for such a long time that it had surrendered to its fate, as though it became a statue. Finally, Aurora managed to pull herself up, swinging her legs off the bed, planting her feet firmly onto the floor. She gave herself a moment to calm down as she looked around the room. It was dark and for the most part, empty. Eventually, her eyes looked down her own body and was met with a round, pregnant belly she had no recollection of. Her face flushed with red-hot stress as she squeezed her eyes shut and tried to stifle her crying, gently placing her hands on herself. Aurora jolted. She felt the soft kick of a child within her and held her breath, concentrating to see if she could feel another. It happened once more. Aurora had no idea what to feel in this moment. She felt attached to the child instantly. Motherly instincts kicking in, she thought. But she felt outraged and betrayed at how it got there. Next, a memory flashed in her mind. Suddenly, Aurora found herself sat at a grand table in a large room. Brightly lit with a few luxurious sconces boasting flaming torches, as a grand fireplace also roared, which made the room feel warm and homely. However, the company did nothing of the sort. Across from Aurora sat her brother, Henry, who refused to look at her and so aimed his eyes downward, nervously. At the head of the table, a stern Maleficent was perched as she glared at the two of them.
1: I refuse. What you are asking us to do is awful, Mother. Aurora slammed her hands on the table. Henry and I will not create pure, noble offspring just for you to give them to the savage folk of the wood.
0: It's disgusting. It's wrong. muttered Henry as he anxiously pinched and pulled at his hands beneath the table.
1: Where is father?
0: Aurora was desperate.
1: He does not wish to be part of this conversation, but he believes it is something that we must do for the greater good of this family. Without adhering to the rules stated by the savage folk, We cannot gain passage through the wood, and without passage, we cannot conduct trade. Therefore, this family, this town, will suffer.
0: We must bring an end to the savage folk. Henry raised his head and stared at his mother firmly. Maleficent scowled. No.
1: We are going to obey their wishes. There is no way to defeat those that live in the wood, and so we must cooperate in whatever way we can. Why will you not even try? We can be free of these deals, and you can run Grimwood how you wish. Aurora felt hurt and confused
0: by her mother's nonchalance to the whole ordeal. Maleficent looked distracted. She raised a hand to her head wrap. It seemed as though she was focused on another thought, as her hand hovered on her forehead.
1: You will do as I say. The rewards will be bountiful. We are a noble family. If you allow us to carry out trade... You can have whatever you desire.
0: Maleficent refocused her gaze on Henry, a man susceptible to greed. Thoughts of a glorious future glinted in his eyes. It is my body. Aurora slammed her hands onto the table, standing abruptly. I do not need your permission, Aurora. Defiantly, Maleficent stood, raising a hand in Aurora's direction, an ominous energy twisting around her palm. Henry stared in awe, Aurora in disbelief. Aurora turned to flee, but as she did, she was knocked to the ground by the power ejected from her mother and began to feel sleepy, her surroundings darkening. Aurora tried to muster some strength to resist an oncoming slumber, but the magic had made her
1: weak. You do this for our family. You can have whatever you desire.
0: Maleficent hushed Henry, whose mouth hung open, shocked. A moment passed as things became dark for Aurora. Yes, mother. Aurora's eyes widened and she was back, sat on the edge of the bed holding her pregnant belly. Aurora swiftly moved to the nightstand by the bed, hurriedly pulling the drawers until she came across a dusty hand mirror. She held it to her face, and when she saw her reflection she felt only one thing, horror. She was older than when she had last seen herself. By at least a few years, Aurora dropped the mirror and it shattered below her. Gripping onto the nightstand for support, her world and her mind just crumbled more and more. Her mother had gotten what she wanted. But how many times had this exchange happened? Another realization also came to her mind. Her mother could wield magic. She was a fairy. That must have been why she refused to attack the people in the wood. It was said to be home to magical beings. There were many things that Aurora had questions about. But one thing that she was sure of was that she had to escape the manor. She had to escape her wicked family. Carefully, she cracked open the door and her gaze followed the trail of blood that went down the corridor. Down the other direction, she heard the murmurs of conversations within a crowd.
1: Many ball, You this
0: A ball? Aurora thought of the body that levitated out of her room. That would explain the dress it wore. Tentatively, Aurora began to move towards the sound of a crowd, checking back over her shoulder every so often to make sure her family were not watching her. With light steps, she whisked downstairs and merged into a crowd of beautifully dressed people, and made sure to bow her head so that she did not meet the eyes of any of the staff, fearing that they would recognise her, even though she had no idea if they knew her predicament. Her breathing rattled anxiously as she was guided by the people in front of her from the grounds of the manor, embraced by a chilly air as she stepped outside. It was as though she was invisible, and once out of the threatening pointed gate she diverted away from the crowd. Aurora stood near the top of Grimwood's slanted existence and looked over the town her family ruled. It was different to how she knew it. Still glum and impoverished in comparison to her manor, but less so than before. Her family kept their fortune close due to their greed and tight grasp on power, but had distributed measly amounts to keep the town functioning. She wondered if people had questioned her lack of presence in Grimwood, but doubted so due to the lack of any of her family's presence. Perhaps she had completely faded from memory. There was a silver lining to this. There would be no questions or threat of having her return to the manor from townspeople. Aurora took a moment to appreciate the picturesque dusk sky, the orange horizon gleaming as the sun slowly set, and, in the fading light, she saw a figure on the brink of the woods. Curiosity was sparked within her. Nobody dared to go to the woods. Aurora looked at the woodland and thought about her children. How many were there? What had the savage folk done to them? Are there any that are still alive? She had to know. Marching down Grimwood Slope, she passed many homes, shops and people, all seemingly disheveled. Her family had gotten what they wanted, but it was not for the greater good of anything but her greedy relatives. It broke her heart to see that her suffering had not benefited anybody except her cruel family. That her brother, who was once her best friend, had taken advantage of her due to her mother's wishes. That he would be so cruel as to let his offspring be given up to the savage folk to face who knows what fate. The path beneath her feet had come to an end as she began to tread along the grass fields that were between the town and the woods, the figure in the distance becoming ever closer. As she drew nearer, her pace became slower and nervousness reared its ugly head. Hello? The woman turned her head quickly and drew a bow and arrow perfectly aimed in Aurora's direction, a skill she has obviously mastered. Aurora jolted and raised her hands, fright draining the colour from her face. The woman's eyes latched onto her pregnant stomach, and her expression immediately became apologetic. She lowered her weapon and ran over to Aurora, placing a reassuring hand against her arm. I'm so sorry. You startled me. The woman leant to meet Aurora's eyes, who was looking to the ground in fear. As their gazes locked, the woman stood straight, her eyes practically carrying Aurora's up with hers. Luscious locks of long brown hair slipped out from under her hood and grazed her face before she used her nimble fingers to tuck them back under the hood and behind her ear.
1: What are you doing out here? I... I wanted to come talk to you, actually. I saw you from within the town.
0: The woman's touch brought calm back to Aurora. She took a breath to steady herself. Oh? She sheathed her arrow and placed her bow across her back.
1: I'm Robin, by the way. You might have heard of me. Robin Hood. Aurora shook her head. No. Sorry, I haven't. Really?
0: Robin chuckled.
1: You must not have needed my services then. Services? The townspeople are often low on food supplies. You probably know that Lord Godfrey and his family don't distribute a lot of stuff to the rest of us. I come to the woods and hunt for food, giving it to the less fortunate.
0: A pang of guilt struck Aurora. She felt to blame by association.
1: They do a lot worse than not sharing food. Aurora went on to explain what
0: had happened to her the years of slumbered imprisonment, the deal struck between Maleficent and the savage folk, the children she had lost to the ordeal, although she is unaware of how many, and how she had just escaped the manor. Robin appeared gobsmacked, and rightly so. What do you say to someone that has been through all of that? Whilst Aurora explained, each sentence got harder to say, and she forced them out through the choked feeling in her throat, cries clawing to be released. She broke down, and Robin supported her in her arms, Rubbing her back softly while soothing her, kindness that felt unfamiliar to Aurora, touch that she had not experienced since long before her slumber.
1: I need to see if any of my children are alive.
0: Crying had made her exasperated.
1: I'll do anything to help. I haven't been too deep into the woods, but I'll gladly be at your side through this, and having this always helps.
0: Robin pulled back from their embrace and clutched her bow proudly. Robin gingerly held Aurora's hand, ready to pull away if given the impression that this was not acceptable. No such impression was made. In fact, Aurora smiled slightly. Butterflies fluttered within her. Robin guided Aurora to her side and they both stared into the forest that stood ominously before them. Distant cracks of branches made the existence of creatures within a reality. Tales of the wood had made their way through Grimwood often. Warnings of savage folk, gnarly beasts and the supernatural. Fear crawled out of the woods in the form of fog, preparing to engulf those who dared. Robin tried to keep a fearless front, but there was a crack in the confidence she exuded. Aurora placed a hand on her middle, feeling the need to reassure the baby within her, but it was probably her that needed it the most. The pair took their first steady steps towards the towering, terrifying, twisting trees that moaned with melancholy. Gusts of wind lifted dry, crumbling leaves, carrying them through the air elegantly, whistles of the wind tickling their ears as it brushed by. The atmosphere darkened, the canopy of treetops they walked beneath so thick that the sunlight struggled to break through and only appeared in thin beams of light, patterned along the mossy ground.
1: I can't believe what happened to you, Aurora. Aurora. I can't apologise enough.
0: It was clear Robin wanted a distraction from their frightening surroundings.
1: You have nothing to be sorry for. I must thank you for joining me on this journey. How familiar are you with the woods exactly? I've been gathering food for the townsfolk since I was a young'un. There was no other option. People were starving. Children were belly so empty they couldn't bring themselves to play. It was a sad sight to see.
0: Aurora adored her humble heroism.
1: You're very admirable, Robin Hood.
0: Aurora avoided Robin's gaze bashfully.
1: It's a shame I hadn't met you sooner. All that beauty locked away in the manor.
0: Robin examined their surroundings, as though what she had just said was a leap of faith.
1: I am not as beautiful as I once was. I have aged.
0: Gorgeously. Robin refused to allow Aurora to doubt herself.
1: You can't get that time back, Aurora.
0: She squeezed her hand.
1: You have to look at the time ahead of you.
0: Aurora lifted her gaze from the ground to meet Robin's eyes as they treaded further still. A sleeping beauty. Kindness emanated from Robin's warm, deep, hazel eyes. Pretty enough to want to dive into. Aurora felt her cheeks glow crimson red. And, as dreary as their surroundings were, it felt filled with love. Aurora placed a hand on her bump.
1: This child has no home to go to. I have no home to go to. All that child needs is love. And if you like, I can help you along the way. Anything you need. It's hardly as fancy as you're used to, but I have a place you can stay if you like. You'd be going from Top of Grimwood down to the bottom. I am sure it will fare better than years of involuntary slumber.
0: Aurora chuckled at her misfortune. It was better than crying over it.
1: You mean it? I mean it.
0: They admired each other as they walked, tingling affection, fluttering within Aurora, and the feeling felt mutual. Thank you. Rustling and cracking erupted in the air. Robin released Aurora's hand, drawing her bow at lightning speed, and the couple stood as still as stone. A deer pranced by. The women exhaled with relief, but as they looked ahead, a faint flicker of flame became noticeable further in the distance, and as they concentrated, chanting can be heard. As the pair looked to the ground, the surroundings leading ahead of them appear ceremonious. Colourful flowers picked and placed in patterns. Fungi and flora that glowed and dimmed as chanting rose and fell. Pollen that sparkled emitted upwards to the sky from plants in the ground. The woodland was alive with magic. Robin looked at Aurora, raised a solitary finger to her lips, eyes widened and alarmed, while her other hand clasped her bow. Aurora, who had moved to hide behind another tree, looked into a clearing where she saw the light of torches wave in the wind surrounding a group of people dressed in furs and shredded items of clothing, the damaged articles of clothing resembling that of the townsfolk of Grimwood. It was clear to see that these were the clothes of individuals that had ventured into the woods and never returned, their clothes stolen from their maimed corpses. The clarity of facial features came and went because of the glowing of the surrounding flora. Rugged faces of men and women donned scars and battle paint smeared across their faces in blood and muck. Some people boasted scars that must have come from the accompanying creatures and beasts of the forest. Aurora and Robin had come across the savage folk. Aurora scanned their home with her eyes, searching for signs of her children. She had no idea what she was looking for, but she was desperate to know if there were any to be saved, and what may have happened to those she could not. Tents made from the leather of animals were scattered amongst the area. There were several racks that held makeshift weapons such as spears, bows and swords stolen from those who thought they had what it took to face the challenges of the woods. Strung up on the camp were the carcasses of slain animals waiting to be prepared for meals by some of the savages. Bountiful farms caught Aurora's eyes as she looked upon the camp, the produce of which seemed so perfect that it was astounding. These individuals were thriving in the land so many were too fearful to step into. Maleficent came to mind. A magical being that passed so well as human, could the savages be just like her? Was this where Aurora's mother had come from before establishing herself in Grimwood? The savages gathered in the clearing, and the volume of the chanting increased. Worriedly, Aurora turned to Robin, who spied upon the savages from behind another tree. She looked frightful, yet curious about what was happening among the savages. The chanting was nonsensical. Sounds and moans emitted from their lungs with mites, And as the crowd beckoned louder, the brightness of the flora became more powerful. It started to become difficult to focus on, but what happened next grasped Aurora's undevoted attention. Two burly, frightening men appeared from the largest tent in the camp, sharing the weight of a stretcher woven together with leaves, vines and branches, carrying three small corpses, each more drained and decomposed than the next. Aurora's chest clenched, her heart began to beat rapidly, her breathing desperate and emotional as her fingernails started to dig into the sides of the tree she was gripping onto. Aurora tried to keep her vision focused but welling tears began to cloud her vision. She felt Robin's eyes focus on her as she had just seen what Aurora was finding too horrible to believe. She didn't need any more explanation or investigation to know that those were the children that had been snatched from her unconscious body over the years. She felt it within her, a mother's longing reach and deep attachment to the little ones that led, lifeless, before the savages. The volume of the chanting reached its peak as the stretcher was set on the ground while the savages knelt around it, raising their arms to the air. A burst of magic shot up from the nature surrounding the camp and up from the ground before the trees Aurora and Robin were hidden behind. Streams of energy soared through the air and attached itself to the three small bodies. The magic pulsated, draining the dredges of vitality that could be acquired from the ritual. The ground and the crops began to breathe with life and the savage's harvest grew more fruitful. It was then that Aurora realised what the purpose of her turmoil was. Maleficent had conducted an agreement with the savage folk that allowed them to thrive in the woods and it was clear that they had succeeded. An explosion of power. The ritual had come to fruition and the streams of magic receded back to the ground, and the successful glow of the crops dimmed, the firelight brightening the camp quickly extinguished. Darkness. Silence. Aurora's breathing distraught, it took a few moments for her to regain control of her body. But, when she did, she turned on her heels, supported her pregnant body and ran as quick as she could, back to where they entered the woods. Aurora could protect the child she held within her. She had lost its predecessors. Robin darted after her, trying hard not to lose sight of her in the darkness. They could not get separated now. She wanted to yell after Aurora, but could not risk drawing attention to themselves more than they already had with the cracking of twigs and hurried footsteps racing through the forest. Aurora! A spell collided with Aurora as she ran, and immediately she collapsed. Robin froze in her tracks, and as Aurora went down, she saw a figure step out from the thick fog. The figure was statuesque, threatening, evil. Maleficent wasn't in her regal attire. She was dressed for her expedition into the woods where she had tracked Aurora, and it seemed she had entered her old home as she left it. Where she was only seen wearing a head wrap, she was, in this moment, revealing her fey horns that she had shaved down to suit her disguise. She took another step from the fog. Gigantic, feathered wings rustled the leaves on the ground as they dragged behind her. She truly was a dark
1: fairy. Well, well, well. What have you done to her? Nothing she isn't used to. She's asleep, and will be for the rest of her life. I have a deal to uphold. How nice that she was able to make a friend while accompanying us in the land of the living. You're wicked. The people of Grimwood will know what you truly are. Not if I have anything to do with it.
0: Maleficent flapped her fearsome wings, launching herself up into the air. The trees rumbled with the power of them as she held herself above ground, conjuring balls of deadly enchantments in her hands. Maleficent flung her attack down towards Robin, who avoided it swiftly. What Maleficent didn't know is that Robin had no issue hunting in the woods especially when it came to birds. Maleficent released an onslaught of attacks, but she missed Robin again and again and again. She growled with frustration, flying around the perimeter, trying a second time, a third time, and even a fourth. Finally, Robin took her stance, drew her bow, and targeted Maleficent in the sky. Without hesitation, an arrow was released and whistled through the air. Maleficent had been struck. With a look of shock, she clutched the arrow that was buried in her chest and fell to the ground. The power of her winged body's impact created a gust that lifted leaves up abruptly before they gently floated to the floor. Aurora! Robin sprinted to her peaceful body on the floor and rested her head on her knees. Robin was tearful, whimpering as she gently swept the hair from Aurora's face.
1: Please, wake up, Aurora. Wake up!
0: Robin shook the Sleeping Beauty in her arms desperately.
1: It's done, Aurora. You don't have to worry anymore. We need to get out of here before the savages come over here.
0: Robin began to lose hope. She rested her forehead on Aurora's and began to rock the two of them back and forth.
1: Please wake up, Aurora. Do it for the baby. Wake up and I'll look after you both, I promise.
0: Robin placed a hand on Aurora's pregnant stomach.
1: I love you, Aurora. I know it's fast, but I love you. Please don't leave me.
0: Robin's tears began to fall from her face. She was encapsulated in misery. Gently, Robin kissed Aurora's forehead while stroking her hair, defeated. Robin pulled away and looked upon Aurora in sadness and thought of how awful she would feel to leave her there. Magic put her to sleep. Magic would need to wake her, she thought. Aurora gasped. Her eyes shot open and air filled her body while color flooded her cheeks. She was awake. I love you too. The two of them embraced. The horrible ordeal had come to an end. Aurora's child was going to be safe, and so were the two of them because in the distance they saw light bleeding into the woods from the other side, away from Grimwood. With the savages occupied by their ritual and Robin having defeated the worst threat they could have faced in the woods in that moment it seemed as though they could do what no other townsfolk could do, leave Grimwood. And, with no hesitation, they did.